Coming up this week, we talk a whole lot about books and we take you behind the scenes of Jeff's first self-published title. Welcome to the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Adams and Will Knaus. Welcome to episode 19 of Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff from jeffadamswrites.com. And I'm Will from willknaus.com. So, here we are, yet another episode. Speaking of episodes, I hear from a reliable source that we are actually available to listen uh, in some new places. We are. Uh, we got our some expanded distribution. Uh, you can now listen to the show on rainbowradio.fm. Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific. So we're on in an in a actual time slot, like we're a real radio show on uh, the radio Rainbow Radio Network, which is exciting. So we're on after... What's the show on Tuesday? No, actually we're not on after our friends over at the Seder Sphere. They're on Wednesday nights, I believe. Oh, I was actually thinking about the CW. <laughs> oh! <laughs> What, You're on? over on TV, so we're on after The Flash yeah. on Tuesdays. so if you've got nothing to do after watching The Flash on Tuesday nights, yeah. please feel free to listen to us. On the East Coast, you yeah. can join us right after you watch The Flash. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's good. That's a, that's a good connection, I'll take that. Yeah, sure. Uh, we're also available now for streaming on TuneIn Radio and on Blueberry. And we're also now listed on Pride 40H LGBT podcast uh, directory, which is pretty cool. Uh, you can find out everywhere that we're at on the Find BGFP page at BigGayFictionPodcast.com. Awesome. Yeah, it was it was great to get that extra distribution, and welcome to everybody who's listening to us there. Uh, drop us a line and let us know, because we'd like to know where people listen to us at. Yeah. That was bad grammar. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I think it was the best I could do. <laughs> um, so it was a cool week this week. We had a lot going on uh, for, the, for, the, for, uh, for a week in February. Um, I kind of had a week at Prison Book Alliance, it turned out in the long run. Um, Mm -hmm. Brandilyn over there, uh, reviewed three titles of mine, uh, and each got some good, good, good feedback. Uh, Make the Right Choice, uh, she gave it four out of five stars. Uh, it was also a staff pick on Valentine's Day at All Romance eBooks, which was a pretty awesome place to end up. It went out into emails. Uh, to mm. their subscribers. Mm, cool. Uh, so that was pretty awesome. And I've had several people call Leo and Batch Story Beautiful, which was a, a nice thing to call it. I, th- I think the way that they got their Happily Ever After was kind of beautiful mm-hmm. in the long run. Yeah. Um, a Sound Beginning, uh, which was out for early download on uh, Pride Publishing, also got four out of five from Brandlin. And I got an email from a reader who picked up an early copy, and it sa- she said it gave her so much awesome feels. Which is good. Anytime I can get somebody relating with a word that goes with a John Green book, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, and to top off the week, uh, Brandilyn reviewed uh, Hattrick 3 and Hattrick Overtime Reunion. Um, she'd been, by her own description, kind of delaying the books and putting off, uh-huh. like, exiting out of the Simon and Alex world. Okay. Uh, we had talked at GRL that uh, it's hard to make her cry. And the fact that I gave her four ugly cries, as she put it <laughs> in the review, I felt like that was a major win for me. Mm-hmm. Um, along with the fact that she did give it five out of five stars and uh, topped off her review by saying that this is a series I would gladly recommend to any parent, teen, hockey fan, or human being. 
Thank you, Brandlin, very much for that. Uh, very meaningful, and I will admit that I cried a little bit reading your review, so we traded off on the uh, cry thing. Oh, cool. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Now, it's been a couple of episodes, and you know what we haven't done? Talked about a dream spun desire? Exactly! <laughs> um, I just finished reading uh, one of the February uh, releases, Andrew Gray's The Lone Rancher. It is uh, about a nice, a nice country boy who, in order to save the family ranch, has to start stripping to make some extra cash. And uh, he does so uh, in a mask to keep his identity secret. Uh, and he falls for the, uh, essentially, the cowhand next door and... They both deal with um, coming to terms uh, with being out in a small community and with, you know, saving the ranch and, you know, having to make tough life choices. And uh, it's um, really, uh, really, first, it's, it's very sweet. I, I'm, I'm sorry I'm, like, pausing here, but I'm trying to, to come up with the, the right words. What, what I really enjoyed about the book is, is that the cast is very small, uh, so you get to uh, really focus down on the uh, two heroes and their life in this uh, small Texas town and what... Um, keeping secrets from your your loved ones and your new boyfriend, you know what that can uh, do to you. The 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 trials and tribulations of being a, a sexy secret stripper. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that should have been the tagline. That should have been a tagline, but it wasn't. Anyway, I highly recommend it. Um, if you aren't already subscribed to the series, um, well, you should be. Uh, you can also pick up individual. Um, copies of The Lone Rancher at dreamsprinterpress.com. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe also through uh, the other outlets. And we've noticed, too, that uh, at least the January Dreamspuns are out on audio now, too. Mm. Yes. Which is uh, a, kind of a very cool thing if audiobooks are your thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm midway through the other February release, which is Eli Easton's The Stolen Suitor. Uh, loving it so far. It's apparently ranch month in Dreamspun Desire Land uh, oh, because okay. we're also dealing with some ranchers in this book. Um, you've got a family who wants to work their way into a ranching family because they're more down on their luck. And so you've got this mother who is trying to get her her gay son to go after somebody that she believes might be gay, who is also trying to win the heart of the woman who has been become a widow and is running this ranch. The mom's trying to get her other son to go after the rancher widow. So it's... It's interesting. It's an interesting triangle. It's not really a triangle. It's not a love triangle. I take that back. Not a love triangle. It's an interesting set of circumstances playing between these different people. Like a comedy of errors, kind of a. It's, w- it's not. It's not wacky. It's not wacky. Okay. Uh, it is not wacky, and I'm really liking the the way that it's all playing out. If it, it, what starts as sounding like a, a nefarious plan by the woman who wants to take over the ranch and get into this family. Okay. May act, it's, it's, it's a very sweet read so far, and I like it a lot. And, of course, I think I'm just past half. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be that... There's going to be that thing coming up that's going to like throw everything out of whack for, for some amount of time, and then everybody's going to get there happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see how all that plays out. 
Cool. Um, but I'm loving the book. Uh, it's my first Eli Easton and, and really liking it. The other book, I can now finally talk about what I read last week that I was so secretive about. Um, mm-hmm. I got to read an arc of Serena Bowen and L. L. Kennedy's Us, which was outstanding. I can't speak highly of it, highly of it enough. Uh, but I got to read an arc because uh, I interviewed Serena this week for an episode, for episode 22, which will be out on March 7th, which is the day before Us uh, releases. Uh, I so fanboyed getting to talk to her. Uh, it's the first time I've talked to her in person. I actually interviewed her last year about Understatement of the Year for an a interview on Puck Buddies mm-hmm. uh, when I was uh, writing about books for them. Um, but to talk to her and get to talk about her writing process, how her and Elle got together to write uh, was fascinating, and I loved it. It was a good interview. We'll have that on March 7th. Uh, in the meantime, for you fans out there of hockey books, if you haven't read him yet, read him so you'll be ready to read us on March 8th. I'll have links to all those in the show notes. So an important anniversary is coming up. No, actually, an important anniversary has passed. Oh, has passed. Yes. Uh, right. Unfortunately, I missed it. I just became aware of the fact on February 10th, Valley of the Dolls celebrated its 50th anniversary of being published. 50. I know. Wow. Crazy, right? It doesn't seem like it's that old, but you're totally right. Indeed, yeah. So, um, now, I have loved Valley for a very, very long time. Uh, I love the movie. I think the book is exceptional. Um, uh, I adore Jackie Suzanne. And um, I think this is an important anniversary because, um, for better or worse, Jackie and her husband, Irving Mansfield, forever changed the landscape of book publishing and especially book promotion. Um, Jackie was... uh, Hmm... A, I'm trying, uh, what's, what's, what's a, uh, a concise, but non-defaming word. (laughs) Um, (laughs) she was a vigorous self-promoter and her husband Irving was, uh, a publicist. Uh, so, uh, promoting Jackie was his specialty. Uh, and to, together, um, they really changed the way the public, views um, authors uh, as celebrities, as pundits, and they also change the way we view um, popular fiction. Um, so I don't I don't honestly think they set about to revolutionize publishing, but that's what they did 50 years ago uh, mm-hmm. this month um, by using uh, some good old-fashioned, uh, razzle dazzle Hollywood hucksterism to sell books, which you know was uh, unheard of before Valley came along. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valley, by the way, is still one of the best selling books of all time. I believe it still holds a place in the Guinness Book of World Records as probably one of the most successful books of all time. I believe it was the number one book behind the Bible at one point, uh, or as as the most copies sold, 
Something like that. I probably should have looked it up before we started. But <laughs> anyway, congratulations to Jackie and Irving. Um, your work still lives on, and you have a whole lot of fans who still love you very, very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you turned me on to the movie and the book mm-hmm. fairly early on in our in our in our relationship, and it's I love the book. The book is just really written well. Using all those characters because she's got quite the cast of characters going on in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the movie's a hoot, <laughs> uh, and I love that we saw a few years ago the reading of the movie that happened with a bunch of Broadway folks. Yeah, that was a it was a, a benefit for Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS, and it was awesome. They played it to the hilt, and it was a great evening. Um, folks should read. I think it's Jackie's bio or one of the bios written under there's a book out there somewhere that you've had me read that talks about how she got valley out there in the world um there's a really yeah uh, there's a really terrific biography i believe it's by oh crap i'm gonna mangle her name barbara um barbara seagram it's called lovely me yeah we'll get it in the show notes yeah but it, it talks there's a good chunk in there about how she got valley out into the world, mm-hmm. uh, and it was—it's really good reading. Um, whether you're a Jackie fan or an author who's out there trying to figure out how to get your books out, <laughs> it's a great read. Um, yeah, so that's Valley. Yeah. So your sister has a book running around in the Kindle Scout program right yes, now. Yes, yes, she does. Way um, to go, Jessica. Yeah, my sister Jessica is uh, a very talented author. Uh, uh, and she currently has a book uh, called A Wash in Talent. Um, it's part of Amazon's Kindle Scout program. Now, for those of you who haven't heard of it before, Kindle Scout is essentially a um, it is a way for um, authors to get their books considered uh, to be published by one of the Amazon imprints. Um, it's essentially a, a meritocracy. You go to uh, kindlescout.amazon.com uh, and you look at all of the books in various categories uh, and you can vote up or vote down the various titles. And um, the, uh, the books with the most interests are looked at and I believe there's probably several different rounds of consideration but um, yeah several uh, books have already gone through the program Mm -hmm. and uh, have been um, published by Amazon so if everyone could take a few minutes out of their day and go to kindlescout.amazon.com and look at a wash in talent it's currently part of the uh, teen and young adult category when there's a lot of competition, uh, so she could really use some love and give it a, a vote and um, get it further into the program. That would be great. Yeah, we'll link directly to it yeah. um, in the show notes for sure. So, question of the week from last week. Author and publisher J.M. Snyder asked, "What are your favorite? What What's your favorite read outside the MM genre?" Yes, and we had a couple of uh, really interesting answers. Um, a lot of people were into, um, what was it, thriller, detective mystery. Yeah, and the historical romance yeah. popped up a lot, yeah, too. Yeah, we got a few of those. Denise wrote to us, and she said, I generally only read MM anymore. I spent 35 
years reading MF historicals and contemporary books. If I do read anything else, it's either J.D. Robb's In Death series or some of my favorite books from Amanda Quick. That, of course, doesn't include medical articles that I read to stay current for my profession. Well, good for you, Dr. Denise. <laughs> I, I don't know what you do in the medical field, but uh, if you're reading uh, fancy schmancy medical articles, I would call you a doctor. Indeed. <laughs> uh, Susanna said that she normally reads detective novels and some fantasy and steampunk. Historical novels and biographies are also among her favorite genres. Uh, we give a shout out to Ardent E-Reader. Uh, who was the winner of the Make the Right Choice ebook mm -hmm. that I gave away from last episode? Uh, Arden reads mysteries when not reading uh, MM. Oh. So you can see all the responses that we got to this week's question on the show notes page for this episode. Yeah. So moving into kind of the crux of our uh, <laughs> the crux of our of our episode. Okay. Sorry, bad word choice according uh, to my husband the, here. The, hmm. um, I can't think of another word. I should get, well, maybe, we should have a thesaurus, Sandy. Crux is a perfectly <laughs> fine word for it's this. It's okay. We're, everyone, we're cruxing. We're <laughs> cruxing away here. <laughs> uh, this week, we both read Chris Cook's uh, new book, Right to Market, Deliver a Book That Sells. Mm -hmm. uh, Will read it first and then recommended that I give it a read also. Yes. Um, as Chris says in the book, uh, it can be a pretty contentious idea for an author to write specifically to market to grab the audience. Yeah. Um, and yet, for authors who are trying to make a living, and if you're on the video feed, you I'm see trying. Will showing the book trying, right now, trying to show doing his best Vanna White. Yeah. Um, it could be a contentious thing for an author to write or not write a book. With the idea specifically of getting it to market. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, Chris never says, don't write what you want to write. Because, you know, if I tried to write a book, if I tried to write a paranormal book, I would probably fail because it's not what I want to write. And paranormal and shifters and all that's really in right now, but it's not the genre that I want to write. Yeah. So you have to look... And analyze the market for what you want to write and how you want to write and the and the story that you want to tell. Um, I think the the main point of the book is um, there's that old chestnut of advice in the romance community to you know write the book of your heart, which um, in in not too many words, Chris uh, essentially uh, tears that apart. Um, that's mm -hmm. terrible, terrible advice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, writing the book of your heart is a terribly stupid thing to do because um, the book of your heart may be about um, penguin shifters in space who um, save uh, aliens from uh, mining the earth. I don't even know. <laughs> the 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 point I'm shifter made... penguins in space was interesting though. <laughs> oh, sorry, shifter, yeah. What a great idea, huh? No, actually, that's a terrible idea. No one's reading shifter penguins in space. Um, it doesn't it doesn't matter how passionate you are or how in love with an idea you are. Um, the point is there is no market 
there's no one reading shifter penguins in space. So what Chris Fox is saying in his book is, is that um, take a moment, step back, do a little bit of analysis in whatever chosen, uh, whatever your chosen genre is, and look at what people are reading. Um, when he says writing to market, he's not saying, you know, copy what's, whatever is on the bestseller list. You know, he's not saying write a sparkly vampire book because that's what sells. He's not saying that at all. What mm -hmm. he's saying is, is look at what your interests are and then look at what is uh, selling and what is popular in your genre and really consider what the readers are getting out of those best-selling books. Why are those books popular with those specific readers? And try to give those readers that thing they're craving, that thing they're buying. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what it boils down to when he's saying right to market. He's not saying sell out. He's selling, he's, he's selling, he's saying, you know, you know, consider what they want and give the readers what they want. Make them happy. Yeah. That's what he's he, saying. And he succinctly discussed it because he recently put out a book that was what he thought would be one of the best things ever, which was a mashup essentially of Heroes and X-Files. Mm -hmm. And he took superheroes and mixed it with space aliens. And the people who would read superheroes weren't keen on the X-Files component of it. And the people who might read X-Files type material weren't too keen on the superhero side of it. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, he considered the book a failure because it didn't live up to some of his other works. Um, and it's, it's an interesting dilemma, you know, it, with, you know, how to deal with things. Mm -hmm. Um, this week, this week is, uh, the one year anniversary of me doing my first self-published title, which was called Flipping for Him. Mm -hmm. It's YA, you've got, uh, two 16 year olds. Uh, one is your run of the mill American Caucasian and the other is a Japanese boy. Um, they're both out, so there's no coming out story here. It's more a story of uh, cultures that clash a little bit because the big conflict is that the Japanese boy's parents don't want him dating a non-Japanese. And there is the big uh, conflict in their relationship. Um, wrote the book, put it out. Um, it did okay. But frankly, after a year out, it hasn't returned its investment in production. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, It's done a lot of other stuff because, frankly, it was also an experiment book. Being my first self-publish, um, it was the first time I tried audio. Um, and I took it to audio uh, because there was... There's still, there's still a buzz that audio is a way to go and to continue to put out your work in as many venues as possible. So, you know, you don't skip the paperback book because there are people who want paperbacks. So cost of production on a paperback once you've got the ebook is relatively low. And if you if it balances your time to put it out there, put it out there. Mm -hmm. So this particular book has ebook, paperback, and audio available. But the book didn't really click. 
Um, the people who have read it, it has decent reviews. It's about three and a half stars, I think, on Goodreads, which is is good. You know, most people who read it like it. It was well reviewed uh, by the LGBT blogs that picked it up. People have said that they've enjoyed it. People who picked up the audio enjoyed the audio because it's got good narration from Jason Frazier. Um, there have been a segment of people who've picked up the book because Jason is its narrator. And, you know, rate him well and rate the story well. But it hasn't, it doesn't consistently sell like some of my other books do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably did not write it to market. Either, for either YA in general, which is very much, you know, still in the dystopian or very... There's still some vampire stuff going on over there. There's dystopia going on over there. Um, there is some contemporary work going on over there, but not of this flavor. And for the gay YA audience, I apparently didn't appeal necessarily to the adults who read that gay YA or the teens who are reading gay YA and maybe looking for something else. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, because when, when I was reading uh, Chris Fox's book... Uh, I did have flipping for him in the back of my mind, and I was thinking about, well, what, what you know, what target did we miss? Because, uh, as you said, financially the book could be, well, essentially it hasn't made its money back. So financially, it's you know, frankly, kind of a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, we did succeed uh, doing a lot of other things with this book. Because, as you said, the the book was essentially uh, an experiment in self-publishing. Uh, we tried a lot of new... We. <laughs> well, you're part of it, too. It, 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 well, yeah, okay. It's uh, it's our company. But, okay, so... And we uh, do everything. We To be very clear, it's my words. Yes. It's yes. my book. But when it came time to publish it, you know, there was a lot of discussion that happened together. How are we doing the cover? The cover we did through 99designs. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we don't have the skill to build the cover, uh, and a cover can kill a book. Yeah, the cover doesn't kill this book. The cover is often called a great cover by people who see it. it it's won some awards along the way. The cover, I think, works, and for the kind of YA book it is, I think the cover is pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so while. While flipping for him could be considered uh, a financial failure, it uh, succeeded in a lot of other areas for us as a, a company mm-hmm. uh, because we'd never done a lot of this stuff before. It, the whole book really was uh, an experiment in a lot of different areas. We wanted to try working with uh, 99 Designs and see what that experience was like. And it was pretty awesome. We wanted to... Uh, put the book up on create space and make paperback copies and sell those uh, to get that under our belts and see what that experience was like. We wanted to do the book in audio to see how that works. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also, um, you also wrote the book. Uh, One of the big primary reasons was uh, for GRL. That's very true. Um, I had this book. It was... It had, had it had been through a first draft, and Will had read the first draft. Um, neither of us were very happy with how it ended and how it, where the conflict was and how it ended. And I'd been kind of bubbling it around in my head for a few months. 
And as GRL registration was coming up, I didn't have enough published work to go in as a featured author for, for 2015. Yeah, for those of you who, who don't know, there are different uh, tiers of involvement for the authors at GRL. You can go in as a supporting author or as a featured author. And there are different criteria for each of those levels. And to qualify for the next level up, because in 2014, you went as a supporting author. Right. Uh, in 2015, you wanted to move up. And in order to do yeah. that, you needed to publish something relatively soon. Yeah, I needed to have something out before registration. Because yeah. Yeah. even though I had stuff coming out in June and in September, uh, ahead of the conference, having it done before registration was the key. Yeah. Uh, and I had this book, and I had, and I finally coalesced on the idea to make the conflict what it should be. And so I spent a chunk of December and January getting it ready for publishing so it would be out in the world before GRL registration opened in March. Um, so to that degree, it has been it was it did exactly what it needed to do mm -hmm. to get me over you know into that uh, set of authors who are featured. The other thing it's done is it gives us a book to constantly do whatever we want with. The only people that we're responsible to for it are us. Um, so, for example, at GRL, I did some oversized postcards that were like, they were ginormous postcards. <laughs> Bigger than 5 by 7 whatever the next, maybe 8 by 10s uh, And I gave away free books to people who, want, who would sign up to my email list. Uh, so if you got one of those big cards on the back, it had a link to go to, and it had a code you could put in. And then you'd be on my email list and you would end up with a free copy of Flipping for Him. Uh, and you did end up actually with two free books because my email list in general always gets a free copy of a novella called Dancing for Him. So with that one with that one two punch, you got two books, and I captured more people on my email list to talk to about my upcoming releases, books I recommend, and you know, whatever else I'm gonna say to the big wide world. That was a good, successful um, endeavor. People got the book. People downloaded the book. I heard back from people who said they liked the book. And of the group who came into my email list, I've only had two unsubscribes from that since October. So they became good, engaged people in my list, mm -hmm. which is what every author wants. Yeah. To be able to talk to people outside of social media, outside of Amazon. Yeah. So from that point of view, you know, it's also been a good book to have because I can't do stuff like that with things that I put out through JMS or Dream Spinner or other places because then I'm taking profit away from the publisher as well. And here I'm just using my own work to work in other ways for me besides necessarily generating a royalty. Yeah, for for readers who, who may not know, whenever you see a, a free book or some type of promotion from a, uh, uh, I don't know, from whatever outlet, from like a blog or, or whatever, those are usually um, handled through a, a publisher. Uh, and the publisher has, you know, set a certain amount of book copies to, to give away for, you know, whatever promotion is going on. Um, and as an author, um, say you're published with Dream Spinner or with JMS. You can't just give books, you know, away willy-nilly whenever you want. 
because the publisher currently has the right to uh, distribute that book. That's you know their business. That's what they do. So um, you can't um, give away copies of Hat Trick or, or something like that. What um, flipping by publishing flipping for him uh, ourselves, um, we can essentially you know do whatever we want in order to promote that book and your backlist. Mm-hmm. So we can you know give away e copies or. A certain number of audiobooks, or you know, uh, we can come up with um, promotional gimmicks on the fly uh, using that property because we own all of the rights to it. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's not to disparage uh, traditional, well, traditional publishers, the publishers who I publish with. If I went to them and said I want to give away X number of books, there would certainly be an open discussion on it. But true yeah. with with flipping, it's there's a freedom there. There's that, a freedom that yeah. we have that we can just do it because yeah. you know we we already understand what's going on with it and it's it's ours. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, happy anniversary to flip. Um, <laughs> I'm happy I wrote it and I'm happy it's out there. Uh, I'm proud of the story. I like the feedback that it's gotten. Um, if you're, if you're listening and you'd like a free copy, speaking of giving away copies, mm-hmm. um, look in the show notes uh, in this episode and you'll see a link to a free copy. And you can sign up to my email list and use the special code podcast. And you'll get in the email list. You'll get a free copy of Flipping. You'll get a free copy of Dancing for Him. And if you love those books, awesome. Please leave reviews. <laughs> <laughs> um and if you're an author, you might want to give a look at Chris Cook's uh, Right to Market. It was It's an interesting way for me to think about what I'm already planning to do this year mm-hmm. um, yeah. and what does play to market more than other stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's important to say, even though flipping for him didn't make its money back, I think it will eventually. It's certainly working for me in other ways, and I don't regret what went down with it at all. No, no. Okay. So we've talked about self-publishing a little bit. And so for this week's question of the week, we're going to do a spin on a publishing question. Does the company that publishes a book affect your purchase decision? And I'll say a little bit that this comes out of some statements that I've heard over time where readers often have, you know, their one-click purchase for an author. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I've also heard on occasion that readers will have a one-click purchase because the book was published by Dreamspinner, or it's a Riptide book, or it's a it's a Pride Publishing book, and so I'm curious about that. Okay, so does the company that publishes a book affect your purchase decision at all? Let us know. How do you feel about that? Um, the person. Well, hmm. It might play a little bit into the decision. Uh, I think the whoever published the published the book is probably very low on my list of priorities. Um, I think all of the traditional marketing stuff comes into play first. You know, first it has to have an interesting cover or title to catch my eye. Then it has to have a good blurb that gets me interested in it. It has to have a you know good 
uh, interesting tight opening, you know, when I, you know, click look inside and I sample the book. Um, so I think those things are far more important, and price, of course. Price is also mm -hmm. important. Um, so I think those four things actually play more into my decision uh, than um, the actual publisher. I think that's pretty far down on my personal list whenever I'm making a decision to purchase a book. How about you? Yeah, it's pretty far down mine, too. I mean, there are certain things that'll that'll catch my eye. Um, and it might be more because I'm an author and I pay attention to different things now. Okay. Like the fact that, you know, that Dreamfitter puts out certain things. I'll, I'll take a chance because I know where their editorial standard sits. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, with a more traditional publisher, like a big five New York publisher, price certainly plays in there because I am not likely to spend $10 on an ebook. Mm -hmm. Because that is a ridiculous price for an ebook <laughs> under any circumstance. I know how much they cost to produce, and I unless it's like some behemoth, ten dollars is not likely to get spent. And I and I get that they're trying to force me to paper, and often I'll buy the paper book yeah. because it'll be cheaper or the same price as the ebook. Yeah. Um, but in general, no, it's about who the author is. Potentially, and as you said, what the blurb is. The cover might draw my eye to the book, but it's going to be the blurb and the look inside that make my purchase choice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I won't ding a cover. F I won't ding a book for its cover off the top, but your cover may mean that I don't go further if you don't grab my eye, either on the bookshelf, if I'm in a store, or in the little itty bitty. Um, the thumbnail. Thank you. The thumbnail, thumbnail on Amazon. On, on a website or something. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So let us know what you think. Uh, you can leave your answers on the show notes page for this episode at biggayfictionpodcast.com. Yeah. And remember, you can always suggest a question uh, as well that we can ask of our audience members uh, each and every week. Yeah. We would love to get some additional questions for upcoming shows. Yeah. <laughs> so coming up next week, we're very excited. Uh, Kendall Alexander will be here. We get to interview the lovely ladies of Ken who are Kendall Alexander. Yeah. And uh, we'll bring that to you next week. So I've essentially said that twice now. <laughs> In kind of a loop. <laughs> and for the third time, Kendall Alexander is going to be stopping by on the podcast. So uh, if uh, any of you listening enjoyed this week's episode, please leave us a review on whatever channel you listen to, either on iTunes or wherever else you might subscribe to All those to the new podcast. expanded distribution Indeed, areas. Indeed, so many places that you can share the love of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. Please do. Give us a whole bunch of stars. We really, we really appreciate you listening and taking the time out of your day or out of your week to uh, listen to us ramble on. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, whenever, yeah, whenever you uh, give us stars... Or mention us in social media. Uh, it helps get the podcast out there in the world and gets us in front of more eyes so that uh, more ears can listen to us every week. And uh, it helps uh, build the the, uh, the popularity and um, gives us a wider audience to uh, share the world of big gay fiction with. That's right. It helps the discoverability. Yes. There you go. To be more succinct on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. Did, yeah. Did my rambling thing. <laughs> okay, I yeah. mentioned Kindle four times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that'll do it for this week. We will see you back here next week when, hey, Kindle Alexander will be here. Indeed. 
See you next time, guys. Thank you for listening to Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. For detailed show notes, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. 